0: May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May all kings fall down before him, all nations serve him. Welcome back to the Dominion Podcast, episode eight, eight, episode eight. Wow, well, they haven't kicked us off the internet yet. I guess because nobody's listening.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to have some influence
0: for that to happen. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Boyd, your beta host. I'm Alex.
2: Alpha Alpha, host. Alpha host. And uh, we got a special guest tonight. An interloper. Interloper, you could either be. (laughs) I'm not sure where I fall in the Greek alphabet, but it's somewhere below one of those.
0: Maybe I should drop down a bit and you can be the beta host. Yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) Normally, when I get invited to podcasts, I people want me to supply ambient noise like i'm not actually contributing content you know right. cats or wailing. you just gnashing, sort of grunt team. into the mic and yeah breathe trash and... cans smash Yeah, I can, I can do all those things breathe heavily yeah you yeah.
0: haven't even said your name yet who are you what are you doing oh
2: here? yeah i'm ben
0: ben yeah I, I mean i'm just here ben kingsley ben carson english ben english, english. Well, ben Inglis. you should know <laughs> believe it or not there are a couple people that listen to this that don't personally know us so, oh yeah wow. so great? not just our moms actually. that's right not oh. just our moms well yeah
1: but they do they do yeah so, that's, that's what they tell you
0: yeah. thank you for all the listeners so far yeah our numbers have shot through the roof lately we're, yeah. we're, we're over 250 downloads now yeah Very big numbers really yeah oh, I think wow. it's three that's, that's total total oh okay. total. Yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> not per week come on that's dreaming Anyway, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about um, pain and suffering in the, uh, in the Christian life and uh, some of the cultural issues that come up with that. But I want to circle back real quick over uh, a bit about what we talked about last time with Pastor James Coates. Yeah, um, If you haven't heard any updates on that, he has been denied uh, denied bail and they haven't lifted any of the conditions. So he will be in jail until May. Yeah, uh, if not later, if they decide they want to push the trial back, and so he's currently sitting in jail for uh, uh, breaking a regulation that, he, if he gets convicted of, wouldn't even result in jail time. Mm-hmm. So, but was, was
2: there was there going to be a final bail attempt in April? I thought there was going to be one more. Well, they're, they're, they will probably.
0: Um, what's the word when you? They are appealing conti- it. Yeah, appeal. They'll, they'll appeal. Yeah, it, yeah, but you know the way things have gone, right, yeah, the they can't expect them to change course on mm-hmm. that. So. I've just been really disappointed with the, uh, the continued lack of spine we're seeing from a lot of the yeah. leaders in, in Canada and the States. I mean, we're getting a, uh, he's getting a lot of support from uh, a lot of the big ministries that we would trust in the States, but it oh, seems yeah. like in Canada, it's just crickets. Yeah. And so you know, some of the arguments we talked about last time, but I just want to read a little something here. This is from uh, a sermon from a Chinese pastor named Wang Yi. And who is currently in jail for nine years for the crime of uh, subverting the authority of the state. Mm-hmm. So he was uh, arrested about a year and a half ago and given a nine-year sentence, which in communist China probably means forever. So mm-hmm. I'm going to read a bit of uh, what he said, and then we'll talk, talk a bit about it. One time, 10 years ago, a preacher argued with me. He said, "'Why do you all care about the Tiananmen Square, mas- uh, Tiananmen Square Massacre?' I said, June 4th was a day of suffering for our people. So many people were murdered. Why should we not care about it? He said, this incident is very politically sensitive. I said, whichever eye of yours sees politics, gouge it out. It is better to enter heaven with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell. I said, why do you see politics? I don't see politics. I see evil. I see murder. I see lost souls. I see the grief of family members. I see the gospel not yet reaching our people. This is what I see. Are these not things that God wants us to see? Are these not things that God teaches us in his law? And yet you see politics. Which of the two of us is the one doing politics? Who is the political person here? Whoever fears politics, whoever fears the power of the king to a degree that surpasses the honor due to a king, this is the true worshiper of politics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is the person who has truly made politics into an idol. Yes. We have been forced into a position where we are perceived as rebelling. Have we actually rebelled? Have we drawn any swords? Have we resorted to anything that could be considered political activism? Doesn't everything we do stem from the gospel? What are the weapons of the church? They are the gospel and the word of God. They are prayer, worship, and preaching. Have we used any weapons other than these? Even if this is considered rebelling, then we will rebel to the end. Yeah. This is, you know, this is. True courage. Mm -hmm. This is a pastor in a country where you'll get a ticket for jaywalking because they can track your face on cameras. They know what you're doing at any time of day or night, Mm -hmm. and he's willing to stand up to the most powerful, tyrannical government in the world uh, for the gospel. And so, you know, some of these arguments about James Coates being in jail, not for preaching the gospel, he's in Mm -hmm. jail for whatever, you know, breaking health ordinances. Well, that same argument would say that Wang Yi is in jail for not for preaching the gospel, but for just
1: disobeying Subverging the law, for the subverting
0: the authority of the king, basically. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. What does that make you guys think of?
1: Well, I mean, this has, been, this, has, this has always been the challenge of the church because the earliest confession is Christ is Lord. I mean, the first and the earliest, the, one of the most basic confessions of the church is inherently political in one sense, is to say that Jesus Christ has ultimate authority and total authority; he has ultimate authority over every sphere, over every domain of human existence. Which is to say that every other lesser, even legitimate authority, uh, must submit to him. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what, and one day they will, as Paul tells the mm-hmm. Philippians. And that is a that is a threatening message to uh, tyrants and to people yeah. like all each of us who in our sin want to be the God of our life, want to be the highest authority, want to believe the original lie and the Mm -hmm. temptation that we can be gods, that we can determine for ourselves right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the Christian message, well, Christ himself just shatters that. Mm -hmm. So seeking an apolitical gospel in the sense that it will not confront or challenge the uh The authorities, the worldly authorities it's just it 's just no gospel at all. um Christ has been given all authority over every dominion and every authority on earth, so I mean this kind of like pietistic retreatism just just finds no place in scripture and, and, and I mean at the same time we can say um there's a wrong way to do politics as a Christian. There's a way to engage in politics that is idolatrous, that ascribes uh, to the state, which can only be ascribed to God, and, can, and which expects from the state, which can only be expected mm-hmm. from God.
0: Or if we were attempting to change hearts through politics. Yeah, those right. kinds
1: of things. Yeah, yeah if, we, if we use methods of coercion, to bring about conversion, so to speak. I mean, rather just, than the gospel, and yeah, but only and the gospel and, and the new birth, you know, is is what
0: matters. But so why can't the church see this in Canada? Like, I'm just, I'm so confused as to why. Like I said, like I said earlier, that you know, it would be totally reasonable for pastors who had a different ecclesiology than James Coates to still be able to support him and say, hey, we shouldn't be jailing pastors. Yeah, but. It's like they disagree with him on a on a theological issue, and they and they as a result they're not able to make that. Um, I, I yeah, I don't I don't understand that.
1: Well, I don't think they even do disagree with. I think they don't know what their uh, theological their theological categories are. I mean, the strange thing is that the one thing we should all agree on is that corporate worship on Sunday is a real thing. You know that thing we've all done our whole life and every pastor we've ever had tells us we should Mm -hmm. and made us think there's some kind of moral duty there to believers. And this has been the practice of every church ever all over the world since the formation of the church. Mm -hmm. That's that's a thing. And there is a real duty tied to that. That's that's what, regardless of your views of uh, uh, many other things, that's like what we should all agree on. But that's the one thing that everyone's kind of being hush-hush about, you know? But if James James is making a very uncontroversial statement, his position is very uncontroversial. The corporate assembly of the church, the gathering of the saints on the Lord's Day for word and sacrament, is a real thing that the Scripture requires of Christians, and is not is not supposed to be uh, regulated. It's not the state. regulated by the state, yeah. uh, and that there's there are limited, justifiable reasons why the state may intervene. We think about the London bombing situation. You know, can you please not turn your lights on after 6 p.m. because you endanger your neighbors? That there is a there is an interest in the public good that does overlap, and that's fine. And everyone, including James, acknowledges that. Uh, but the church still has a prerogative uh, in 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 their response to those requests. And and secondly, um, those requests have to be judged. So with his church in particular, they had one case. 11 months ago, and it wasn't even even from the church, but they closed for two weeks, and they've had zero cases since. So there is no justifiable reason to see their assembly as a threat to the public good, and there's therefore no justifiable uh, overreach of the state into Mm. the uh, worship of the church. So this is just basic. This is just what every Christian should agree on. And I think to answer your question, why don't people? I think it's because discipleship is costly. And I think it's because people don't want to come into uh, the crosshairs of people in power. And I think they make up a bunch of pietistic excuses as to why that's not the case. And why, look at James. I mean, not only, you're talking about why having pastors come to his aid. I mean, that would be a concern. That's not my concern. My concern is, why have so many leaders try, and Christians tried to uh, denigrate him, mm-hmm. tried to slander him, tried to uh, say that he's getting what he deserves, tried to say, well, he's just breaking the law, tried to say, no, he's not being persecuted. He, he was being punished for breaking the law. Kind of Why are so many people doing this? Well, Ben preached about it on Sunday. It's that when people have their unrighteousness exposed, they get angry and resentful. Right. yeah.
2: I wonder if there's. Um, I mean, culpabil- culpability grows as 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 more information is available, uh, as as theology is 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 articulated, uh, as good arguments are made and have to be responded to, and you can shut that out, um, but they need to be responded to. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, if you're going to choose a position, uh, I mean let's have a discussion about that. Let's not throw out, you know, kind of um, ad hominem attacks and, and, you know, so you can make yourself look better. I wonder if there's a good old-fashioned fear of repentance uh, at the root of of some of this, um, that as kind of, uh, as that conviction sets in of, or maybe I should be taking a stronger stance, um, you know, it... For if your identity is not secure in Christ, then uh, backtracking, admitting you were wrong... Um, is death. Is death. I mean, that's yeah. the worst thing mm-hmm. that could possibly happen. Yeah. So what do you, you do? You you double down.
0: You double down. And and it's and, like uh, if somebody confronts you on...
2: And that's sand. dangerous because yeah. then the hard... That's when the hardening starts. Right. right? That's yes. when the searing starts. Right. And then Callous.
1: the next time, I mean, it just... It, it, it's a cyclical down. It, it, yeah. Well, that's why Amy Rogers' book, Live Not By Lies... Like when you when you make excuses for long enough, you actually start to believe them. Mm -hmm. And we're a year into this thing. And I think people are so far down the rabbit hole that they actually now believe the lies they've told themselves. Yeah. And that's just a scary, scary place to be. I mean, the James Coates situation is a very it's a litmus test, right? Mm -hmm. Or was it bellwether example? Shibboleth. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Is that
2: Hebrew?
0: It is a Hebrew word. The uh, one tribe couldn't pronounce it, and so that's how they weeded out that tribe. They would get them to say the this the, the password. Huh. Wow! And if they couldn't pronounce it, then I think was it the Benjaminites? I can't remember.
1: We uh, should have one of those.
0: What a, sh- a shibboleth! <laughs> well, the <laughs> shibboleth what, right now what can't we say <laughs> the shibboleth right now? And it's not a, a thing we say, but the shibboleth is: uh, Are you going to church on Sunday?
1: Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: like we're we're all trying to sort through like all these evangelical heroes we've had and yeah. we're watching them go down in flames and it's like, okay, which ones can I still trust? Well, the ones that are, that are still opening their church. Yeah. Which ones believe <laughs> what they've told me for 20 years? Maybe I shouldn't have put so much stock in what they said. Yeah.
2: But. It's, yeah. And it's, it's, uh, I mean, we've never, we've never thought it. We don't even, and we've talked about this before. We don't have a category for, um, a tyrannical government. Yeah. We, mm-hmm. You know, we're used to, um official opposition parties were used to to push back and and kind of the the wheels and cogs of democracy and there's checks and balances and and uh to think that it could come to a a point at which um you know that 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 ends or there's no more yeah. mechanics there to push back and you have uh,
1: our privilege um, has been our downfall yes yes and yeah, those, uh, those we freedoms. just haven't
2: yeah. I wonder if there's a denial taking place as well. It's yeah. like, yeah. I don't, you know, it's not comfortable to live in an age of persecution. Yeah. It's comfortable to live how we have the churches lived the, yeah. the past number of decades. And I don't want to even entertain the possibility yeah. that that might be over.
0: Right. And I think people, um, uh, from what I've heard about, uh, from our brother uh, who was in China, is that most people there are totally fine with the situation. Yeah. Right? Cuz the government gives you everything you need. Mm. It gives you a place to live. You want to play video games all day? Play video games all day. Yeah. You want to get drunk? Get drunk. You want to do this, that? You know, it's the bread and circuses, right? Yeah. Here's your stuff. Don't bother us. We're going to do what we do at the top and you guys just go to work. Be compliant, yeah, be compliant. Very convenient for um, government, yeah. So I think I think if if people don't wanna hold on to their democracy and their freedoms, it's going to go away. We have to want it.
1: Well, they, right. we, people are compliant because they think it's the safest, easiest, most... It's, they're self-interested. Right. And it feels like James Coates going to... Who wants... If I'm not compliant, I go to jail, I don't want that, so be compliant. Or I'll get in trouble at my work, right? Or right. I'll get in trouble with my neighbor or my coworker or a family member or whatever. But what people fail to see... And I think it is a symptom of naivety as well. And it's a willful ignorance. As, as one pastor said, if you don't fight the first crime, the second crime is worse. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't resist the person when they pull over with a van, uh, then by the time they commit the second crime, there's no getting away. Yeah. And what, people, what we're seeing is the, you have to think in principle. Because when you think in principle, you don't just think in degrees. All this argument about it, it's not at that point yet. A lot of that is just a pragmatism, yeah. right? It means you're essentially saying, I'm not bothered enough yet. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, but if in principle, they have no jurisdiction here, for example, that there's no basis for this, that it's a, it's an overreach and therefore an illegal move according to our rule of law, as well as it is goes against the law of God, then even if it's small and you only view it as a minor inconvenience, even if that is true, uh, you need to resist it here so you don't have to have a huge war. And that seems to be what people are totally oblivious about. They see guys like me and you and Ben as just, you guys are being too intense. You're overreacting. No, 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 no. We're talking about this now so that there is no escalation. We should have been talking about it 50 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like those small little
0: things, those infringements that, people put up with
1: yeah these
0: these aren't small infringements anymore by the way no. we're not talking about like you know building fire codes that no. say you can only have this many people or uh i've heard other people use the example of your this the wall studs in your house need to be this far apart yeah according to the government yeah it's like those are things we shouldn't have tolerated in the first place yeah um
1: we're you know, talking about the fundamentals. <laughs> we're farther down the road now. Yeah, of a free society, the due process, the yeah. rule of law, the I mean, limits on authority. Think, think of
0: this way. Did you ever think that the government would tell you you couldn't have somebody over for dinner? Yeah. Like, how insane, who's healthy? How, how, yeah, who's, who's healthy. healthy? How insane is that? Yeah. You're not allowed to have somebody into your house. Yeah, I mean, if that's not tyranny, then...
1: Well, and your children, even if they're four years old, have to stay in a room by themselves and they can't eat with their family for two weeks. And this is the thing. That example came out in the Peel region. Someone actually said that out loud into a room. And then once they said it, someone else around the table didn't immediately fire them and send them to counseling. Someone else and everyone else apparently looked around and said, that seems reasonable. And then they sent that idea down the line to someone to type it up. And then someone printed it and then went through this process. And all along, all these people thought it was reasonable for four-year-olds to be in their room by themselves, not allowed to see or eat with or be with their parents. People on social media be like, my baby's crying in the room and they're messaging me on Facebook messenger. I miss you, mommy. Like, Yesterday, that was child abuse. Yeah. Yesterday, if your neighbors found out you did this to your kid, you, they would show up and take them away. And today, they're recommending you do that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, people need to wake up to realize, like, look, if you don't resist on principle at the first step, respectfully, clearly, cogently, you'll have to resist when it gets insane. And that's messy, yeah. And we don't and we don't want it to come to that. We, no, don't we don't want a giant fight. We don't want chaos. We don't you know, we want peace. Yeah. But people think the way to peace is ignore everything. Hmm. And it just if you do that, then you get chaos. Hmm. And good luck bringing back peace from that.
2: Yeah. Everyone uh everyone jumped on Francis Schaefer when he started raising the alarm bells about uh abortion coming down the pipelines. Yeah. Everyone yeah. thought he was crazy. Everyone thought it was in, he was insane. And you know everything he said came five ten. Came to yeah, pass. he was a, he was a, yeah. a prophet in his own time, and um, you're going to edit out all these times when I lose my train of thought, aren't you? No, absolutely <laughs> not.
1: Well, they told him <laughs> part they, of the charm. They criticized him for yes. being extreme, yes, and for that's, uh,
2: overreacting. That's right. And he it, warned he warned that um, most people. Um, won't do anything until their personal peace and affluence is attacked. Right.
1: That's the, that's the sad
2: reality of yeah. of privilege, right, and, and
1: materialism. And, and to do he, something um, against this is to have your peace and affluence attacked, which, which is yeah. why no one does anything. Yeah.
0: But the greater point he was making, if you if you see that video of his Christian manifesto speech that he gave on YouTube, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can hear the the crowds like not fully with him, right? right? Yeah. But he's he's spitting fire. He's trying to get everybody on board. But his his point isn't that abortion is the the bedrock of this evil worldview. He's saying we're already at the evil worldview because we have abortion. Yes. And because we haven't fought it, now look where it's come to. Yeah. And he's yeah. saying, you know, he's pointing out the, the materialistic worldview is the cause of all this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's also saying it's going to lead to this and that and all. And that's what we're seeing now. Like we're talking about and, people can't even tell when they're abusing their own children by yeah. locking them in a room. Yeah. You know, I mean, where's your humanity? If, yeah, but it's it's just you're just a bag of chemicals. I just need to give you three meals a day,
2: and you'll be fine. I mean, that's all. We're just biotic beings, right? Mm-hmm. And his war too was against the passivity of of broader evangelicalism, right? You know, yeah. trying to get them motivated to look, observe the times, see what's happening, read your Bibles. Um, I almost I, I think he he was kind of refreshed when all these hippie kids started showing up with real questions, yeah. and they were sick of the the song and dance and the same old you know uh, rote religion that had no power and wasn't concerned really whether culture lived or died, and and um, you know he had the opportunity to 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 speak to them about you know, a a worldview beyond materialism, beyond humanism. But that's what the church has always struggled with, right? And, And
1: that's the opportunity that we're missing, Ben. That's a great point is that what's so sad about the last year is, look, when this came down the pipe in February, our church closed right away. Everyone everyone in Canada closed right away. There is a healthy deference to experts. We didn't know what was going on. We believe that the government has a legitimate interest and authority over public health and safety, and that that does overlap the ways in the church, and we respected that. We closed down. That was a great time to begin thinking about Romans 13, 1 Peter 2, our legal system, mm-hmm. our, de- our, our polity of government, all sphere these things. Sovereignty, sphere always, sovereignty. Yeah. having And these are things that I hadn't thought about in my ministry. And to be spending time speaking with pastors and praying together and reading books and discussing and critiquing and and having constructive criticism and feedback on this and being refined in our thinking is a wonderful opportunity. But instead what happened is that most people in the church didn't want to have that conversation spent essentially a year trying to shut down that conversation, actually actively shut down, literally like TGC asking for blogs to be written from an opposing view and then not posting them, you know? And it's like, it's almost a joke. You'd think that was a joke, but that's actually really what happened. People who share the same confession, people who are united in the gospel and the authority of scripture and all of these reform doctrines, you're not even allowed to have a discussion. But then Schaefer goes outside the church. He's like, this is a great place to have a discussion. These are the questions people are asking. And I think we need to decide, and we need to continue, and even through the podcast, but in the ministry of the local church, to keep thinking deeply about Christ and culture. What is the local church? Why do we gather? Does in-person matter? What's the difference between seeing someone on Zoom and seeing on-person? Is there a difference? Are there limits to the government authority? Does Romans 13 require absolute compliance? Or and if not, what are the limits? Like these are important mm-hmm. questions. And what if the rule of law is being subverted? And do we have a responsibility as citizens? Big questions. Yeah, and we I,
0: need to be having those. I, I think we need to. Uh, you kind of got me thinking about something. And it looks like we're not going to get to our scheduled topics. I was, topics just, I was looking at the
2: time there, but that's
0: fine. Up. We'll we'll come back to it another time. But uh, you got me thinking, thinking about Schaefer. Like he he went to the people who were walking their worldview out. Yeah, and they said, "Hey, if this is true, then there's nothing to live for." Yeah, yeah, and so he's bringing them back from the edge. So I feel like we need to find those people in our culture who are the who are the people that are actually thinking, "Hey, if this is true that we're just you know uh, higher apes, yes, what does that
2: mean? Yes, are there any are there even anybody any people that are thinking that way? I mean, and it's no accident that we're seeing." I mean, not in my lifetime I have I seen so many people who either aren't church attenders at all, who or who maybe haven't been coming in a while, or just asking the hard question. They're coming to church now,
1: yeah, because
2: yeah. Uh, it turns out life is a whole lot scarier than you know
1: materialism, and had. and it's so much more. It turns yeah. out, like, hey, this I'm just a cell, and all that I need in my life is survival. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I don't want that. And and what's what's life without living? There was a great article I just I just posted the other week from um, was it first things on feasting, yeah, on feasting, Mm. and um, we'll include it in the show notes because it's fantastic. And that's his whole point is that what is life without living? And I listened to another one earlier in the year. You know what is life without liberty? And the old way of thinking was that life was made up of something. It wasn't bare survival, and Lewis didn't he mention like he resents? Which is yeah, crazy. yeah, pure,
2: pure, uh, a pure longevity.
1: Yeah, um, uh, he
2: cared about how we live more yeah. than just that we live long. Yeah, yeah. Reminds me of a great Onion
0: article from back in the day. It's like a ninety-eight-year-old vegan says it wasn't worth it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's so true, though. That's so true, and and we are losing our humanity. And I think this is a wonderful opportunity for the church. And maybe this ought to be our focus. I'm speaking to us now. Is that Forget about the scoffers. Forget about the the yeah. critics. They're always going to be there. And the temptation is to feel like I'm responsible to them. But I need to convince them. I need to convince eh. them. But uh, you know what? <laughs> Jesus defend, ministered but... to the crowds. And we need to rebuke them and we need to challenge them so that the people are not confused and led astray. But there's, as Ben said, there's so many people right now who have no hope and who have no ballast and who are wondering, you know, what, what is, this isn't right, but why isn't it right? I don't know why this isn't right. Why is putting your kid in a room for two weeks not okay? Because on one hand, if you want him to be safe from COVID, that seems reasonable. But obviously, I feel in my conscience there's more to mm-hmm. being a child. Them being safe from all harm and actually to fail to provide those things is to neglect in a well like until recently a criminally culpable way but certainly a morally culpable way well why is that yeah. why is mental health plummeting when we're all safe yeah we need to walk
0: people down that path yeah right and say hey you're onto something here if that's not all right well, guess what else isn't all right? Yeah, you know, maybe cutting apart our babies in the womb isn't all right. Yeah, maybe this and that isn't all right because yeah, we're made in the image of God. We're created with a purpose. Yeah, right. Uh, God has uh, decreed all these things in history, and He has a He has things He wants us to do as His creatures. Yeah. So that's I mean that's the ultimate answer, right? Is that that underlying Christian uh, worldview? We just have to get them there. Uh, we have to find the people that are actually thinking along these lines. Maybe, yeah, and and. Uh,
1: and even thinking about um, things—we were actually going to talk about this in, in the podcast more in depth—but about values of a Christian culture. When I say Christian, you know, loosely Christian values, things like uh, the rule of law. We, we live in this freedom under the rule of law that is such an anomaly. What that means is that someone or some group of people doesn't determine what right and wrong is. That, that is a, they are subject to what is right and wrong, and uh, ultimately to God, but even just to a law that everyone is subject to. That is an enormous blessing in so many ways, because it says that, amongst other things, all of us are equal. That That if this guy doesn't like me, he can't just punitively you know, punish me, that he is subject Mm -hmm. and I am equal under the rule of law and the due process that goes with that. And that doesn't happen by accident. No, it doesn't. It doesn't happen in a materialistic world. Exactly. And that's an entrance for the gospel. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. why do we have these things? Because we believe in one, the dignity of all humanity, which can find its only basis Mm -hmm. in the Imago Dei. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Uh and we believe in the fallenness of humanity mm-hmm. which is why we have limits to power. Yep. And these things are predicated upon um what we find in the gospel. And and so many people love and appreciate this. I mean even with James there's a lot of people supporting him who are not Christians. Yeah. But it's like guys, we have no basis for these things apart from Christ. And it's so just an amazing mm. apologetic opportunity. Yeah. And we're We're wasting so much time in silence, you know We have to speak and uh and care for people. and even a personal story is we have we've had people in our home the whole time. Early on, you know we didn't know what was what with the the virus. There was a the first lockdown. there was more caution for sure. But after that point, you know we've had different people come and go li- living with us, and definitely meal fellowship. And one international student came over last week. Or the week before, and she was leaving and Beck gave her a hug. And she said, Oh, thanks, Beck. And Beck's like, Oh, for what? And she kind of like looked down and said to herself, She's like, Oh, for hugging me. But she's just been so alone. Mm-hmm. And it was so she's of a different faith. She's she's Muslim and um It's like she she was almost like saying it to herself, but it was just like the the human touch and affection meant so much to her and you know we we need to as christians be the people who are loving people and serving people and hugging people and looking people in the eyes Mm -hmm. and maintaining humanity
2: yeah and that's really the discouraging thing in this time is is that everything has become so sterile yes and and uh you know, it's, 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 it's the facts and it's really only one side of, of the facts and it's, it's, it's data and it's, uh, you know, potential, uh, you know, what the models show and it's, it's, um, there's this assumption that we can keep being humans and, you know, never hug each other, uh, yeah. always remain six feet apart, not see each other's face and, and, uh, there's this kind of assumption in materialism that if you give people facts, if you give people information, that's that's a, a breakfast with the the nine essential nutrients. That's all you need, yeah. right? You just need you just need the facts. But that's, I mean, that's that's not uh, going back to the feasting and and, yes. and 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 hugging and and laughing and. All of those things to the, the materialist mind are dispensable. Yeah. Um, we don't lose anything if we get rid of those, and we can remain without them indefinitely. Yeah, But we, we lose something profound
1: yeah. when those things aren't maintained. Something we need. It's not superfluous. It's not tertiary to our existence. Yeah. And the irony is, in this this whole reductionistic framework where we don't need anything but the facts, you know what you get? Lies. Because those facts don't correspond to reality, like yeah. eventually it doesn't line up, which is why right now there aren't two sides to this like we know with with absolute certainty who this affects you know mm-hmm. eighty five plus comorbidities and it goes steadily downward as far as impact from there mm-hmm. and we have we have a school, and yet, and schools and y- yeah. closing where yeah. there's no harm to children essentially yeah. at all and there's no transfer asymptomatically and all of these things and it's like. Yeah. You get lies when you live in that 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 kind of place, and I mean, we're
0: separating each other from each other's influence too. Yeah, right. I can't just be live with, in my own head, right? Yeah. I need the influence of friends and family, and yeah. Uh, I you know I've had yeah. experiences recently where it's like I can't even I can't even meet with my friends to discuss these things with them because. Of whatever zone we're in at any given right, time, it's right. like, oh no! Well, now we're in this zone, so we can't. It's like, okay, so now friendship is determined by the government's color coding system. Yeah, like I, but I, you know, I'm not going to have this conversation with somebody over text or Zoom. No, I want to sit down. Yeah, like a human being. Yeah, right.
1: Can we just <laughs> admit, make a covenant yeah. to be in the friend zone? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> but again, yeah, when you've been steeped in
2: individualism for so many years and you can go it on your own you don't need them and get yeah. rid of the toxic relationships and the people that don't agree with like that's what we've been raised on for the last two decades, yeah. and so when this comes along, and hey, I can stay in my house, and I right. can appeal, vir- uh, appear virtuous yeah. to boot, and I don't have to run up against anyone who's going to rub me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's and if almost my the dream. bothers
0: me. I'll just tell myself that I'm saving people's lives.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and you can post it on Facebook, and yeah. you'll get you know a bunch of likes. I haven't seen my grandparents in a year. Aren't I great? Yeah. No that is honestly the sentiment. I know. It's just like it's are horrible. you hearing yourself right now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure your grandparents would rather see you. Yeah. 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 But so so that is that is really um what uh we can bring to the world right yes. now is yeah. is a is a dignifying definition of of what it is to be human, what it yes. is to inter- interact with other humans. What it is to live we're an existentially bewildered age. No one knows why they're here, what they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's all become people putting the weight of their identity on things like gender and 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 sexual orientation. And it's mm-hmm. so much larger than that. Obviously, those things are included, but mm-hmm. it's just the gospel just speaks to everything. Yeah. And and again, you know, we've mentioned it's it's not. Just in this, the doors of the church on Sunday. I mean, it, it needs to break out of there, and, and it does. It speaks to all all aspects of life.
1: Yeah, hmm. we yeah we see this reductionism in the essential. What's essential? Yeah, and the church needs to say there's much more uh, essential to human existence and and not just existence, flourishing and well being than simply being free from all risk of a respiratory virus. Humanity has. Just as great a need as that. And I mean, I've even heard Christians say, Well, if you're not alive, then what good is the other things? And I'm just like, bro, <laughs> have you read it? It's like one way? of those Where I would rather be with someone? Christ
0: right now, but uh it's Yo. it's better for you if I'm here.
1: Or Jesus, <laughs> man does not live by bread alone. Yeah. But every word that comes from God. You know what I mean? They're yeah. essentially saying, No, no, bread is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had to we dealt with that even My father passed away last week and he was in long-term care. And I just think, I know the statistics. He had dementia, but when you go into isolation, you deteriorate very rapidly. And what we've done when we've isolated these people is we've sentenced them. We've literally taken away years of their life. And there's going to, there's a tsunami of deaths from dementia during this time. And I'm sure there's yeah. a lot of people that are happy about that though yeah, well, probably That's, which is
0: the twisted thing, right These are a lot of the health professionals would be pushing people to work in yeah. Asia anyway. It's like, oh, you know what's your quality of yeah. life and it's like
1: <laughs> and we had a we had a good situation whereby when he moved to palliative, they let the siblings in, um and the staff was amazing i I am so grateful for their love and compassion for my father, but so many people you hear about the elderly being prevented from seeing their children. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what if I don't want to just simply exist, then die? Yeah, Like what, what if I actually want to live? Can I not make, those can, I, can I not make those decisions? And yeah. people who for whatever reason don't want to do that, have the human responsibility and authority to isolate themselves. That's fine. Sure. But it's, yeah. it says something about what we think about what it means to be human and to live that we would say no, we will tell you that you have no other needs. Hmm. Take this food and these pills, and sleep and forget, and and that's just not life.
2: And that's a lie.
1: And it yeah. is a lie. It's an absolute lie. The irony is, like with dementia, you die from that, and not just with dementia. Like like humans, we, we everyone will deteriorate, yeah. and that kind of. Existence—the very thing you're seeking to preserve—you lose. But this is—I mean, this is a great conversation. But I feel like there's so many opportunities for the gospel, and you're just seeing the f- the futility, the emptiness, the incoherence of yeah. a worldview apart from Christ. We're really getting
0: handed this thing on a golden platter here. Yeah, we need to—we need to take—you know—take yeah. the opportunity. It's a huge opportunity. Step one: read our Bibles more. Yeah, I mean we really need to be in the word. We really need to understand the Christian worldview. Um I'd say we all need to get with the times and read some Francis Schaeffer. Yeah. You know, we're probably 60 years late on that, but uh Yeah. And uh The yeah. God Who Is There by Francis Schaeffer.
2: Pick it up. Mm-hmm. And and embrace um a a holy recklessness. Um just that that pastor there. Preaching those things, knowing he was going to be going to jail, mm-hmm. yeah, and 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 that's that's a reality for Chinese Christians, yeah, and um, it needs to become our reality, and it's and what a liberating thing to to live as Christ and to die as gain, yeah, and that's not up for debate, and we can boldly, um, we need to boldly say these things, yeah, I mean. We just need more John the Baptist with the the camel hair and the, the crazy. It's just like, oh, that guy, he's extreme, like look at him calling out Herod, right? yeah
1: like yet yeah, he was the most righteous among men before the king. yeah, of but yeah. today he would be he would be criticized for his tone mm-hmm. and his yeah. disrespect and and
2: and again, <laughs> just being liberated from that um, uh, trying to appease both parties, yeah, having Pilate's your conscience, in. what was that Luther? my my conscience is bound, Yeah, I I can do no other, right? Yeah. I mean, that's where we need to be. Again, going back to um, moving forward
1: on principle rather than pragmatism. Yeah. Um, and, and you keep an, going. There's something amazing when your life in ministry, uh, just as a pastor, but even just your life, when you are free from the fear of man, mm. when you are free from the enslavement to their praise and their affirmation, and it doesn't lead to a complete disregard for their well-being. It actually sets you free to love people as you ought to and not totally dictated by how they will respond to what they want, which is really just self-preservation on your part. I reached, and I'm, I fight this as every human does, but something changed in me over this. Um, when we decided to, to meet again, uh, and then the next, it was in lockdown, mm-hmm. and I didn't know it was coming in lockdown. I sat at the kitchen table, and I was convinced through the help, you know, Ezra Institute was so helpful here and the work, uh, Aaron Rock and and the declaration about reopening Ontario churches, convicted from scripture. Look, the church has got to gather and I resolved we were going to meet in the backyard and stuff. I had a breakdown at that point and it felt like a a thousand pound weight off my shoulder and I was finally free. You probably slept like a baby. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I was finally free to just obey Jesus, and I just didn't feel nervous. I just didn't feel scared. Of what people thought, I felt liberated. Is the only way to talk about it, and I still feel that way. I, I, even and it's we need the encouragement of brothers. You know, I've got good elders in my church and good members and good friends at Westmount, and it's been very helpful. But it's it's a good life. Yeah. it's a good life to not be afraid of people.
0: We've said it. Uh, we've said it before, but the last year has been one of the hardest, but it's also been one of the best. Yeah, like I, I feel the same way. I just, I feel like I'm walking on air. most yeah. days, and you know, there's a lot of it. A lot of what's going on drags me down. You know, when I see the guy walking down the road with the mask on, all by himself, I'm like, oh. <laughs> like yeah is there's this, something is this very work? depressing it is depressing because yeah. you think that person or with in- their
2: dog it's like yeah it's fluffy gonna catch COVID? like
0: that person's in bondage to a lie that that depresses me that makes me sad um and the fact that that's what's controlling us right now makes me sad but yeah personally uh my conscience is is pretty good right about now and mm-hmm. i hope it stays that way i hope i you know
2: continue. it's i want to be where you guys are i do uh, I, I, have whether it's personality or maybe there's, I mean, there's fears, I definitely acknowledge fears. I, I, I see the liberty of that. I see the rightness of it. And I see if you're going to be faithful, you need to be there. It's a daily battle oh, for me. I yeah, mean, me d- too, the, the, the fear and the, the measured, uh, conversation, how is this person going to respond? Where are they at? Um. And that's measured love too i mean if 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 you're convicted and convinced that someone needs to hear something you need to communicate that yeah and, and not just your own opinion because you think you're right but if it's if it's a scriptural principle if it's something that's going to bring life and not death then you're killing someone by withholding that yeah because of self-preservation yeah. right mm-hmm. but man that is just it's just it's just a trap it's just a constant uh
1: Struggle. Ben oh, preached I, a great would, sermon on Sunday. Check dot yeah, com. Check it out.
0: I caught the last ten minutes or so. It was straight. really good. Um, man, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't struggle with that stuff too. Like mm-hmm. I've got those fears. You know, I'm. You know, nobody wants to have their stuff taken away or lose their job or you know look terrible in the eyes of the world. But uh, ultimately, we just have to. Get, we got to get over that, right? That's right. And, um, and, like,
2: and like you say, we need to be immersed in the Word. Yeah. We need to. Uh, Behold the face of Christ. You know, you preached at Westmount a couple months back
0: about taking up our cross, and that was very timely for me personally. Like, you know, that's just, you got to read, if you got to read that scripture every day to hammer it into your head that like, you know, we can't, if we deny Christ, then we're lost. Yeah. Like, there's no two ways about it. You can't deny him and, and still make it through the narrow gate, right? Yeah.
1: Um, we have to keep Christ large in our hearts. Yeah. When there's a book... Ed Welch, I think when when people are big and God is small, hmm. and the way you get over the fear of man is to have a fear of God, yeah, and then you will love people, uh, and yeah. So we could we could go on and on about that, but may God help us. I feel encouraged. I feel like we got a mission. We have a task. We got work to do. Um, there's people who need hope and help, and they need Christ. Amen.
0: And uh, that's the end of our. <laughs> true, true. Segment didn't quite get to our topic. We'll pick it up another time. That was Just our introduction. I don't even know what yeah, our topic yeah, now was. Now we'll
2: get started. And now
0: well, we're what in. was our topic? Just shooting the breeze. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, we were talking last week about, uh, uh, or two weeks ago about uh, Bunyan. So I printed off a little Bunyan to read here for us. Fired uh, up for the good section, and then I don't know what we're going to do for the beautiful section. I might have to superimpose a little more music.
2: Just sing yeah. a song.
0: Which one? <laughs> Volare whoa, whoa. <laughs> Sure <laughs> No I don't know Okay so this is, this is from uh, the second book uh, Of uh, Pilgrim's Progress And this is m- probably my favorite character It's about my favorite character in the book Mr. Fearing hmm. Who is afraid um, he's, and he's no, not af-
1: no kidding <laughs>
0: Yeah his namesake <laughs> Very literal uh, Not afraid of the things of this world Uh, but afraid of not making it to the celestial city. Mm. Uh, So here's just a little interaction as two people talk about him. Great Heart and Honest are talking about him. Yes, yes, I never had doubt about him. He was a man of a choice spirit, only he was always kept very low, and that made his life so burdensome to himself and so troublesome to others. He was above many tender of sin, He was so afraid of doing injuries to others that he often would deny himself of that which was lawful because he would not offend. But what would be the reason that such a good man should be all his days so much in the dark? Well, there are two sorts of reasons for it. One is the wise God will have it so. Some must pipe and some must weep. Now Mr. Fearing was one that played upon the bass. He and his fellows sound the sackbut whose notes are more doleful than the notes of of other music though indeed some say the bass is the ground of music and for my part i care not at all for that profession which begins not in heaviness of mind the first string that the musician usually touches is the bass when he intends to put all in tune god also plays upon this string first when he sets the soul in tune for himself only there was the imperfection of mr fearing he could play upon no other music but this till towards his latter end I make bold to talk thus metaphorically for the ripening of the wits of young readers, and because in the book of Revelation the saved are compared to a company of musicians that play upon their trumpets and harps and sing their songs before the throne. He was a zealous man, as one may may uh, see by the revelation you have given of him. Difficulties, lions, or vanity fair he feared not at all. It was only sin, death, and hell that were to him a terror because he had some doubts about his interest in that celestial country. Anyway, I really identify with Mister Fearing. I so. think I know why, because he played the bass. <laughs> because he played the bass, and I also play the bass.
1: The whole time he read you that, I'm like, I totally know why Jeremy digs this guy, oh, <laughs> because man. it said the bass player is the ultimate musician. Well, you do what, start. What's uh, a
0: sackbutt? It's it's a it's an ancient version of a uh, trombone. Huh. So I don't, I've never seen one, but, uh,
2: yeah, it's an early proto-trombone. <laughs> there's a reason, yeah. You could say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it underwent some evolution, hopefully. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that was written in prison.
0: That was written in prison, yeah. Anyways, thanks for joining us again on episode 8 of uh, the Dominion podcast. I'm just going to leave you with this here from Luke 13, verse 24 strive to enter through the narrow door for many i tell you will seek to enter and will not be able we'll see you next time